Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right. Hello, Las Vegas and people listening elsewhere, everywhere. Great to have you with us for what may be our final podcast of 2020. I'm not sure. Generally speaking, the Thanksgiving podcast or the week prior to Thanksgiving podcast is my last of a year. And then I take uh, from Thanksgiving through the end of the year off to just enjoy the festive holiday season, spend time with family, and so on. But this year is a little different, so I don't know. I, I may pop in here and there over the next few weeks through the end of the year with a podcast, depending on what happens in our world, or I, I may not. So this <laughs> this may be your last one. It might not be. I really, I really can't say. It, w- it will be for the next uh, at least week. There will not be a podcast next week due to Thanksgiving. I hope that you plan on celebrating Thanksgiving with your family. And uh, we'll get into that here in just a little while. Before we do, I want to do a roundup of the news because I know a lot of you tune in here for my hot takes on all the things happening, uh, politically speaking. Honestly, my, my thoughts to the presidential election really have not changed all that much from what I've said in my last several podcasts. If you missed out on those, go ahead and go back and listen to those if you want my thoughts on the presidential election. In summary, I do believe that there was quite a bit, uh, potentially even widespread fraud throughout the country, particularly in battleground states. I do not think, however, that it is in the least bit surprising that Joe Biden would win the election. Do those things contradict each other? Not really. I, I honestly expected that Biden would win the election and told several individuals that I'm close with prior to the election that I thought that he would win. It's the manner in which the election was handled that has caused so much angst amongst the country. Uh, I believe it's about a fifth of Americans right now are not recognizing that they think that Biden is is winning. About half of Republicans believe that he stole the election, according to uh, the latest uh, poll from, I, I forget who the poll is from. Is it Reuters? Who did this poll? Yeah, Reuters poll. So I, I those that's, that's my thoughts in a nutshell. I, I don't find it surprising that Biden would win. I do think that there was fraud. I think there's verifiable fraud. We know that Dominion has an issue uh, with its uh, their, their voting machines, and we know that even Democrats have complained about Dominion voting machines in the past. So, yes, there has been uh, fraud, or if not fraud, at the very least, things that should be audited. For example, in Georgia, in I believe it was Fayette County, they found about 2,800 ballots that had not originally been counted that lowered Biden's lead from uh, by about a thousand votes he was at about 14,000 he got to under 13,000 but here's the thing guys and this is what I've talked about my last two podcasts as well even if that race were to be overturned which is not likely Biden would still have 290 electoral votes to 248 for Trump so I again 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time rehashing this. As I said previously, I think that Trump will win a lot of his lawsuits because there have been verifiable instances of fraud or verifiable instances where things like this happen where it's like, wait, what? You just you just found like 3,000 ballots? But I don't think that there is enough there to where it would actually overturn the results of the election. And as I, again, mentioned previously, it is not surprising that Joe Biden won the election, and I think most people would agree with that. However, in fact, polls are showing that they do. It is the manner in which he won that has led to this angst. For those of you that are like, when will this all be over? Well, officially speaking, states start certifying their election results in earnest over the next several weeks. So we've had a handful, I want to say probably about six, seven, what's the date? Uh, okay, so it'd be 20. Yeah, so we, we have a handful that will have certified by the end of this week. I think around like 10, 12-ish, including Georgia, by the way. Georgia is supposed to certify by Friday. Georgia is supposed to be, be certified. And then the remainder of the states are certified by December the 13th. So the, the big ones, uh, Arizona needs to be certified by November 30th. Nevada and Wisconsin certified December 1st. Michigan certifies December 13th. The other big one, though, there are a few states that don't have a specific date for certification. Uh, it's like on receipt of their certified returns or dependent upon contests to the election that may be filed and so on. There's like five of those. Big ones would be Texas uh, and Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania does not have a date for certification yet. But again, I don't think unless... Georgia were to flip for some reason at this point, I don't think that even if you got Pennsylvania, uh, that that would make a large, uh, a large difference. I think it is surprising how many Republicans I've seen that, that just don't understand how Trump could have lost and or that he could not have been popular or loved by the entire country. I, I think it is out of touch for us to forget that in the Republican primaries four years ago, he was not exactly the most beloved candidate of Republicans. He won, and I am grateful that he did. I think that Hillary Clinton would have been a disaster uh, for our country. I think that the president has done incredible things by way of policy for our nation and for our allies around the world during his tenure of office. And I am grateful, I am thankful that we have had a Trump presidency for the last four years. So don't get me wrong here, but what I am saying is that sometimes I think that whether you're on the right or on the left, you're living in a bubble, okay? If your team wins and you get 51%, you're like, yes, see, this is what the majority of the country thinks. Okay, um, but 49% is, is basically half. So just because this, you, you, you think you're in the majority and you're like, yes, yes, is what everybody, everybody thinks like me. No, everybody doesn't think like you. Not even all Republicans. And I've heard interesting accounts from different individuals. One friend of mine that works at a uh, very well-known Christian organization. And he was shocked to learn that Though his co-workers, by and large, are Republican, nearly all of them voted for Biden at the top of the ticket and Republicans down ballot. So I think it's important to remember, as 
as those of us on the right, something that I, I talked about in earnest when we were electing Trump four years ago, and that is that he has not exactly been the most beloved figure of even his own party. Now, he did fantastic. He picked up gains in almost every demographic this time around. But it just doesn't seem to have been enough. And I talked about the majority and the, the fallacy there of the whole majority thing. It was the, the people pushing the, well, the majority has spoken. No, no, that's not even... <laughs> the majority of Americans have not spoken. The majority of voters have spoken, but not even all voters have spoken. And the majority of Americans don't even vote. So no, the majority of Americans have not spoken in this election. The majority of voters have spoken. But even when it comes to the majority of voters, the majority is really not that great. And oh, by the way, we don't govern by majority. That's called a democracy. We are not a democracy. Okay? So I want to get into this, and then we're going to transition to Thanksgiving. But I am so thankful that we do not live in a democracy. The, the simplest way for you to understand the difference between a republic and a democracy is to look at what happened in the American Revolution and look at what happened in the French Revolution. One created a republic, the other created a democracy. Look at the sheer terror of the French Revolution. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and study it. This is, this is what, in my, in my opinion, this is the battle that you're seeing waging, wage, raging? Raging, waging, uh, whatever. <laughs> in our country right now, you have a French Revolution mindset and you have an American Revolution mindset and they are at odds with another. You have a Republic mindset and a democracy mindset and they are at odds with one another. But it's important to understand that the founders, our founding fathers, never used the words republic and democracy interchangeably. These men had studied different and various forms of government throughout history in order to create a system of government that would best deter tyrannical rule. They wanted Americans to be able to live with God-given rights. And the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, the Constitution do not use the term democracy. And they did not set up democracies. Alexander Hamilton said, We are now forming a republican form of government. Real liberty is not found in the extremes of democracy, but in moderate governments. If we incline too much to democracy, we shall soon shoot into a monarchy or some other form of dictatorship. In the last letter he ever wrote, he warned that our real disease is democracy. Thomas Jefferson declared a democracy is nothing more than mob rule, where 51% of the people may take away the rights of the other 49. Benjamin Franklin said of a democracy that a democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. After the Constitutional Convention, when a bystander asked Franklin what we had uh, what we had achieved, a, doc, uh, a republic or a monarchy, Franklin replied, a republic if you can keep it. John Adams, our second president, said, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. James Madison, in Federalist Paper Number 10, said that pure democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been in violent in their deaths. The Constitution itself 
Article 4, Section 4 declares, The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. Now, that's not talking about the political party, because these political parties that we see today did not exist at the time. It's talking about a Republic form of government versus a democracy. But my, but my favorite is just what Thomas Jefferson said. Democracy is nothing more than mob rule where 51% of the people may take away the rights of the other 49. And that is what we are seeing. If you go online, if you go on social media, you will see this mantra of we won, majority wins, majority rules. The, the latest thing this week on social media is the, the left is now referring to... <laughs> Uh, Trump supporters and those on the right as vanilla ISIS. Um, a guy by the name of, I think it's Umar, tweeted, the really troubling thing about Trump's base is that they've been radicalized. I mean, really radicalized. They're willing to die agonizing COVID deaths. They're willing martyrs for the movement. It's ISIS by any other name. Then you have others. It's weird how Trump supporters can't see the irony in their speech or actions, especially when they criticize the, the ISIS of the same things that they're committed to. Why are these people so stupid? Alicia Smith, 987. We're calling MAGA vanilla ISIS. I can't believe we haven't been calling them this all along by a guy whose handle I can't read because it's not appropriate for the radio or anyone to read. Vanilla ISIS, vanilla ISIS, white ISIS. Just, just if you're wondering why ISIS is trending, it's because not only uh, are, it has the president issued more withdrawal orders, but because the left has now hijacked this trend to talk about vanilla ISIS. Susie Westland, 990, said, We need to worry about vanilla ISIS, y'all, Qaeda, and Talibangelicals. Those are plays on Southerners and Evangelicals, comparing them to Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. <sighs> It's a sad state in our country when you have an entire political party being compared to ISIS. Methinks that perhaps, perhaps, people do not actually understand what ISIS is actually about. Reforge America, a guy running for Congress, or who ran for Congress, I should say, in Florida's 23rd House District, tweeted this. You know how you know America is racist? Because if ISIS had killed 250,000 Americans before vanilla ISIS did, we'd already have nuked Pakistan. He's, of course, talking about COVID deaths. MAGA dudes, you don't need souped-up four-wheelers to drive to the grocery store. They're talk and there's, a there's photos of, of guys with their trucks with MAGA flags. You look like vanilla ISIS. And I could go on and on and on. But let's shift gears. Let's let's talk about what they're saying about the half of Republicans who say that they believe that there was election fraud and or that the election was rigged. Half of Republicans believe everything Donald Trump says. The other half don't mind that he's lying. Nancy Serves said this on Twitter. Half of Republicans say they decided to forsake their integrity and judgment at the altar of the golden calf in reality TV. Life's a feast or Jamie Schlur. Uh, about half of Republicans need to get woke. The other half need to form a new party or completely gut the current one. Joyce Garrett. Half of Republicans, this is Jay Rilling, believe that Trump won the election and it was stolen from him. 26% of Americans believe that the sun orbits around the earth. These two groups are the same people. Everything we accomplish as a nation is despite having to overcome their ignorance. Half of Republicans, and this is the one I want to focus on. This is the point I'm getting to. Half of Republicans think the safest, most secure election in American history was rigged, so I expect they'll never vote again. That's too bad said no one. This is what they want. They want you to stop being involved. 
They want you to no longer have a voice. They want you to believe that because you are in the 49%, that you are a minority, and that you are now at the mercy of the rule of the mob of the 51%. This is not how America works because we are a republic. We are not a democracy. You do not have to sit down. You do not have to be silent. You do not have to be afraid to share your opinion because you have the rights to freedom of speech, because you have the rights to freedom of assembly, because you have the right to go... Mm, I'm not going to say that... <laughs> but you have rights as an American. And just because just because somebody else has a different opinion does not mean that you do not get to have an opinion. Just because CNN says one thing does not inherently make it true. And just because Fox News says one thing does not inherently make it false. The opposite, by the way, would also be true. Oh, I've spent way time talking about this because I said I wasn't going to go long into politics. But I needed to, I just, I, I cannot stress this enough. If you did not listen to my last podcast, please go and listen to it because I don't want to rehash this. But guys, now is not the time for you to sit down and step back and not be involved because that is what they want. And that is how you lose your country when you stop caring, when you give up, when you believe the lie that because you are in the 49% that your opinion, your vote, your thoughts, your research don't matter. That is, that is simply not true and it is completely un-American. So you want to make a difference now? Let's talk about the Georgia Senate races. I am so tired of conservatives who are like, well, we lost the, we lost the presidential election. Focus, we'll stop talking, stop talking about the voter fraud. It's time to focus on the Georgia Senate races. But then they... They do absolutely nothing at all to focus on the Georgia Senate races. Like, the, the statement is 100% true. Where it's at right now is the Georgia Senate races. That should be the focus of our attention. But don't go around acting like you're all high and mighty and you understand that Biden won the election and that it's all about Georgia if you're not actually doing anything to help that situation. Okay, at the very least, Christian, at the very least, are you praying, have you prayed at all about the Georgia Senate races? Have you prayed for the candidates? Have you prayed for their families? And I'm talking about both sides. Are you praying that God's will will be done, that mercy would be shown to our country, that we would be able to have a balance of power through Republican victories there? Are you pr because if you're not if you're not at least praying about the Georgia Senate elections, then I kind of wonder if you actually care about them. Okay, that's that's like level zero. That is that is the least that you can do in this situation for your country. Take it up a level. You can donate to these cause to the to these causes. You can donate to these Senate races. There is going to be millions upon millions upon millions of dollars spent over the next several months trying to destroy good men and their reputations in an effort to sweep this situation and give Biden a, a, a clean slate to do whatever he wants through the Congress. He's going to do whatever he wants through executive order. But if he wins in Georgia, or if Democrats win in Georgia, those two Senate races, then, then Biden can say he does it legitimately through the Congress. Because he will. Because he'll have the House and the Senate. I, now, I don't think that we will lose those Georgia Senate races. But I don't think we lose those Georgia Senate races because I believe 
that God-fearing men and women will pray, will get on their knees and ask God to have mercy on our country by allowing the GOP to maintain those seats so that there is a maintained balance of power and leftist liberalism cannot run rampant in this country if there is. And then you can, you can donate. If you can help in that way, I hope that you will. Or if you want to go all in, volunteer for the candidates. You can phone bank from wherever you are Contact their campaigns. Find out how you can help. If you can't go to Georgia to be boots on the ground, then see how you can help from afar. You can probably make phone calls for candidates from wherever you are at. Okay? So if you if you actually say that you care, and you should care about the Georgia Senate races, then one, at least, at least be praying about them. Two, you can donate. And three, you can volunteer from basically anywhere to help those races out. Okay? Okay. This is not at all how I was anticipating <laughs> that today's program would go. Not in any way. I was only going to talk about things I'm thankful for and thanksgiving and thankfulness. Thanksfulness, that is a word I just made up. So let's, let's transition. We'll make a very abrupt transition into talking about Thanksgiving. Okay. I am thankful that this year we have had an opportunity to try new things. I'm thankful that this year we have been given the opportunity to get outside of our comfort zone. I am thankful that this year God has given us an opportunity to step back and take a hard look at what is most important, what we most value, and how we will use the time that we've been given. I'm thankful for a friend who had COVID and spent two months on a ventilator and lived after doctors said it was hopeless. I'm thankful for the opportunity my family had to vacation together in January prior to everything being shut down. I'm thankful for my, my golden retriever, Belle, who, was, who had to have an emergency C-section and, and doctors who said that none of the puppies would survive and only the one that we already knew for sure was gone didn't make it. I'm thankful for the opportunity to celebrate Thanksgiving. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know where you're listening or what your state's regulations are, whether you should or shouldn't get together with your family or whether you should or shouldn't travel to Thanksgiving. But what I am going to tell you is this. COVID or no COVID, this may be the last Thanksgiving you are given. This may be the last Thanksgiving your parents are given. This may be the last Thanksgiving that your grandparents are given. And I don't know how your family operates. But my family, my family, my grandparents, would rather risk contracting a disease with a 98, or is it 99% now, survival rate to spend what could be their last Thanksgiving with their family then sit at home again. You know, flatten the curve. <laughs> 15 days to flatten the curve. 14 days. What was it? Two weeks? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Has turned into a year of COVID. Has turned into, well, even after the vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask and socially distance. Well, then, what is the point of the vaccine? Cases are spiking. Yes, of course they are. 
This is the time of year when things like COVID and the flu run rampant. So maybe if we had let people get COVID in the summer when there was more sunshine and the sun kills the germs and there was less chance of you contracting another disease on top of the COVID, maybe that would have been a better time for us to let everybody get exposed and let people get COVID because, okay, I, I know some of you hate that I say this, but COVID is a virus and what viruses do, they are viral. And so they travel around. I mean, look, the governor of Nevada, and I wish him well, and I pray for him, the governor of Nevada contracted COVID. That man has been a mask advocate since day one. Okay? And I know, I've, I've seen the little videos. I've, I've watched them. Where it's all about, this is how masks work, and this is why masks work. And it, it, it's not about you, it's about protecting the people around you. Well, guess what? The majority of people who are contracting COVID <laughs> have been wearing masks and hanging out with people who wear masks. Because masks are mandated basically everywhere. But those germs, you know, germs just gonna germ. Don't let COVID run your life. There is more to life than COVID. I did a whole podcast about this, so I'm not gonna hash into this again. But I do want to wish you and your family a very, very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. You know, we, we associate the first Thanksgiving with the pilgrims. But we had Thanksgivings in 1541 at Palo Duro Canyon in Texas with Coronado and 1500 of his men. In 1564 at St. Augustine, Florida in the French Huguenot or Protestant colonies. In 1598 in El Paso, Texas with Juan Dionete and his expedition. In 1607, the Jamestown settlers at Cape Henry, Virginia, celebrated a Thanksgiving. But it's primarily the Pilgrim's Thanksgiving celebration of 1621 that we remember, where, where our roots to our current Thanksgiving tradition goes back to. The Pilgrims had spent two months sailing from Holland to the New World. When they arrived at Plymouth Rock, they held a prayer service. After the prayer service, they began building shelters. But it was already September, and September in New England is not like September in Las Vegas. And the harsh New England winter took nearly half of the remaining population before spring. Emerging from that winter the pilgrims were approached by an Indian named Samoset, who spoke English, explaining that he had learned it from fishermen and traders. A week after his arrival, he returned with a friend named Squanto, who lived with the pilgrims, accepted their Christian faith, and taught them how to live in the new world. He and Samoset helped forge a long-lasting peace treaty between the pilgrims and the Wampanoag Indians. Pilgrim Governor William Bradford described Squanto as a special instrument sent of God for our good. He never left us till he died. That summer, after a year's worth of hardship, with the help of their Indian friends and through persevering in prayer, 
the pilgrims experienced a bountiful harvest. Edward Winslow, who would later become the pilgrim governor, said, God be praised, we had a good increase of Indian corn. By the goodness of God, we are far from want. And so the grateful pilgrims declared a three-day feast in December of 1621 to thank God and to celebrate with their Indian friends. That was America's first Thanksgiving festival. Ninety Wampanoag Indians joined 50 pilgrims for three days of feasting, which included shellfish and lobsters and turkey and cornbread and berries and deer and all kinds of, of fun events. You had pilgrims and Wampanoag men engaging in races and wrestling matches and athletic events. And it was a time of prayer. It was that celebration, after a year's worth of extreme difficulty, two months of sailing, a winter that took half their population, in a new land, only 50 people They had a lot to be unhappy about. But instead, they got together and they celebrated. They celebrated despite the hardships. They celebrated despite the year that they had had. And I would argue that the year the first pilgrims spent in this country was far worse than the year that you or I have had. And yet they gathered together with their families, with their friends, to praise God, to celebrate his goodness together, and to enjoy each other's company. And I would encourage you as we enter this holiday season that kicks off with Thanksgiving where we celebrate the goodness of God and then we transition into Christmas, which by the way, Black Friday, we go all Christmas all the time on 101.1 FM. You can find us online, kbxl101.com, and listen to Christmas music all December long. And then we're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And it was because of his life, his death, his resurrection that we have been reunited, that we again have fellowship with God by placing our faith and trust in the work of Jesus Christ. We have much to be thankful for. We have much to celebrate. And if God has given you the opportunity to celebrate with your family, I would encourage you not to forsake that tradition. You do not know. We do not know what tomorrow holds. We do not know what next year holds. We do not know if we're in for the long, dark winter that Joe Biden has foreseen. But you know what? Even if it is a long, dark winter, it does not have to be for those of us who know God. The pilgrims suffered the longest, darkest, hardest winter, I would argue, that our country has ever experienced. Never in the rest, I mean, we could argue during the World Wars, during the Civil War, but this was a time when 50%, 50% of their population was lost. And they came out of it rejoicing. Because they knew the God that we know today.
His name is Jesus. And I hope that you and your family have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season celebrating the goodness of God, thanking him for his mercy, his love, his blessings, his provision, and then celebrating his arrival on this planet that would transform history and change our lives. That's all the time that I have left for this podcast. Again, not sure if we'll be back this year. This may be our last podcast. It usually usually would be. Usually I take Thanksgiving through December, no podcasts, and uh, just focus on the holiday season with Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know some people are going to be mad that I've said holiday repeatedly because it's Christmas. It's not holiday. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying the, the Christmas season. There you go. But I'm including Thanksgiving. So how do you include Thanksgiving and Christmas together with one word without using the word holiday? It's like, you know, just because it's used by one people some way doesn't always mean that it's evil all the time. But anyhow, pet peeve of mine, which we will discuss at another time, possibly. I may drop back in for another podcast before the end of the year. Not positive. We'll see. Regardless, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a very Merry Christmas.